Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Time to podcast? What antiques are we talking about this week? I want to talk a little bit about Vintage Lisa Frank. Oh, hell yes. Let's go. Yeah, I recently came into possession of some new old stock Lisa Frank insulated tumblers. And while I knew that there was resaleability on Vintage Lisa Frank stuff... I was not prepared for just how resaleable it had gotten. Let's get into it. Lisa Frank Incorporated was began in 1979 by, hey, you'll never guess, Lisa Frank. Her real actual human name. She started when she was 24, which is insane. And it had evolved from a children's jewelry company called Sticky Fingers that made plastic jewelry. I understand why they chose that name. I hate it. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) Pretty glad they went with Lisa Frank instead. (laughs) Fun fact, Lisa Frank was actually a prep school girl. I didn't know that, like, there was money in the family from the get. I don't think you get to start your own graphic design company at 24 if you don't have money in the family. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I think you kind of have to Nepo baby that shit. It's very, um, it's self-made in the same way the Kino twins are self-made, you know? It's very- <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of self-made people from the 70s, which is why I was willing to believe for a little bit, but I don't think so. No... The company's first million dollar order was from Spencer Gifts, proving that once they were a good company. Once upon a time, they were purveyors of taste. And now... And now... So at this point, what kind of products is Lisa making? She is already mostly stickers. So I think at this point, we should probably describe what is a Lisa Frank? Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I skated right past that part. <laughs> Ken, what would you say is a Lisa Frank? So Lisa Frank is a graphic designer. And I would say her graphic design is very visually distinct because it is all bright, bold, rainbow colors of cute animals, often fantastical creatures, with a very almost anime-esque kawaii appearance. And she has a particular form of soft shading that is very difficult to imitate. It looks very simple, but when you try to do it yourself, it goes very poorly because what she's actually doing is she's not painting these and she's not making them on a computer. She's airbrushing them by hand is how she is making these images, which is how you get that delightful kind of soft shading with, yet again, very bright colors. So it's very bubbly, it's very bright, it's a very distinctive style that she has of drawing that is difficult to imitate because she has found that fine balance between cute and horrifying, and she's like right up against the line. Like, it is right at the point where it could turn horrifying, and in the hands of a worse artist, it will. But she has managed to like ride that line right up into cute. I would say some of her more famous designs would be Marky the Unicorn. You can probably guess what he looks like. And the one that springs to mind for me personally is a panda bear in overalls and a cap wielding a paintbrush that paints rainbows. That's kind of her whole vibe. Other than like the name logo, that is the the de facto company mascot. Yeah. If you want a cute animal and you want bright, you go to Lisa Frank. There's emphasis on the bright. It's, um, yeah, it's entirely airbrushed. Anywhere from nine to 36 hours to complete. I believe it. And a single sticker could take three months to eventually go to market. Because she is perfecting that shit. (laughs) Nothing's going out the door sloppy. Exactly. She was always very exacting about the products. It is, again, 70s and 80s airbrushing that looks like the kind of digital painting being done now. Extremely fine technique. She doesn't have a control Z. She can't undo shit. She can't trace shit. Like... Yeah, it's very worth noting. She may be a Nepo baby, but she is legitimately incredible at this. Yeah, she's a real artist. Like, the realist. 
And also, probably not surprising to artists, but maybe surprising to other people, every sticker actually was an 18 by 24 painting in a time before digital resizing. Which always, even as someone who has been taught the ways of sizing down a physical piece of art, is always still very funny to imagine Marky the Unicorn at that size. What I wouldn't give for a Lisa Frank original, can you imagine? I would do some unsavory shit. (laughs) Now, it was 1987 when the company began producing school supplies, which is what introduced Lisa Frank to the greater world and began their upward rise of popularity. The smartest marketing move she could have ever made. This is so fucking brilliant. Because again, you know who loves bright cute shit? Kids. Kids. You know who has the money? Their parents. You know who goes through school supplies every single fucking year? Parents trying to supply their kids. She's created an infinite market for at least 18 years. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And even more genius when you consider the low initial buy-in cost for things like pencils, pencil cases, and folders. Exactly. Like, these are not expensive to produce. They're not expensive to produce, they're not expensive for your customer base, and they're buying a lot of it. So she is making bulk sales. This isn't one painting for $1,000 once every couple of years. (laughs) This is a solid dollar on every sticker forever. 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 So smart. Yeah, actually, they grossed $60 million a year in the 1990s, roughly. And that's 1990s money. (laughs) Yeah, that's 1990s cash. That is not adjusted. That's when a dollar meant something. (laughs) And also, try to name a product, and chances are Lisa Frank had franked it. Name a product. Well, wait! For On God, like, anything a child might use... became a Lisa Frank design. Pencils, stickers, pencil cases, trapper keepers, erasers. Lunch boxes, tissue boxes, Easter tins. They're like, it is endless. Backpacks. The thermoses you mentioned up top. The thermoses I mentioned up top, which by the way, I got a couple more. Keep an eye on my eBay page. I think first you would have to link your eBay page somewhere that any of us could see. Uh, you can just look up user Burger Time Baby. Have you considered maybe rebranding to Antiques Freaks? Yes, I have. I haven't done it. (laughs) I feel like we would maybe get more (laughs) podcast to eBay traffic specifically (laughs) if the eBay account was named Antiques Freaks and not Burger Time Baby. Well, it was initially my personal account. Um, It only branched into a more business account like recently. (laughs) Anyway, if you want some vintage and antique goods, including a lot of good 90s shit, check out Burger Time Baby. On eBay. <laughs> the eBay is a lot more collectibles, but stuff pops up, yeah. <laughs> In a rare interview, Lisa Frank does not do interviews very frequently. She admitted that this was because she kept getting bored. They would make a ton of sales in a certain category and she would say, mm, I want to do a different thing now, which is why they had such a breadth of product. Which again, gives them a larger market share and prevents them from putting all their eggs in one basket. Very smart. Also, there used to be a magazine called Lisa and Me. Hell yeah. Which ran from the mid 90s to the early aughts, which I, I did not know. This in and of itself now is a collector's item. Of course. I found copies of it selling for like $40. Which if you know anything about today's magazine, magazine collector market that's insane it's a lot of money <laughs> that's more cash than you will get for almost any other magazine i think that's actually more than i usually see the playboy that has marilyn monroe in it although i remain mystified by their slogan you gotta have it it's a bit lazy i mean it says all you need to say <laughs> i look at elisa frank and i say i gotta have that <laughs> they're not wrong <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> 
Also, another fun fact, all of Lisa Frank's colors are patented and have a secret formula. Oh, hell yeah. If you've ever thought that seems like a brighter color than any human being should be able to achieve, you're right. It's a secret recipe. I love imagining what occult rituals must be taking place in the basement of the Lisa Frank facility, (laughs) led by Lisa herself in a rainbow robe. Hey, no one actually knows what she does. And an iridescent knife in her hand. God, that's so cool. I want an iridescent knife. Thanks to fire scaling, it's very easy to achieve. It's true. Have I ever mentioned that there's a website called knivesforgirls.com? Which I both love and hate. <laughs> it's a lot, right? And, and it just it has all of like, the cute pink knives. But also... We're gendering sharp metal. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really something. It's really a safe space for women to buy their knives. <laughs> <laughs> and who says gender roles are dead? <laughs> it's neither here nor there, though. Although it seems like it's a product I would desperately love Lisa Frank to get involved in. Now, Lisa Frank continued to be the absolute all-time queen of kids' supplies and colorful shit. Until tragedy strikes in 2005 when she divorces the ever-loving fuck out of her husband. Damn, okay. There's the Jezebel article, The Rainbow Gulag, that talks about the problems with her husband as the CEO of the company in the later years. She divorces him so hard that part of the divorce process involves him selling all of her stock back to her at a discount. I'm still kind of pissed that she had to buy it back from him and didn't just get it. Yeah, that's true. I I agree. I mean, she she divorced him and then she sued him to get him out of the company. And then she sued him again to sell his stocks back to her. That's what I mean when I say, like, divorced him apart. She Thanos snapped their marriage apart. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Rumor is that this is because he was a shitty boss. He had turned the factory into a sweatshop. He was addicted to cocaine. Uh, list. Oh no. But we're not here to talk about it, except to say that 2005 is when we start to see Lisa Frank kind of fall off as a company. For a really long time, up till today, it surprises me to say they no longer manufacture any of their own products. Boo. Anything you've seen Lisa Frank in the last 10 years is a part of a collaboration with other companies, which is pretty genius. Because you know how low the overhead is on selling your intellectual property to another person to manufacture? That's good business. <laughs> I would say it's good business, except the decline in quality is palpable between stuff produced by Lisa Frank Original versus stuff produced by third parties. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Their website does still sell some original products, but it seems to be going through a print-on-demand service. Yeah, and the print quality is <laughs> shoddy. They are not- the images are not modified to be printed on demand. It looks really weird. No, it looks weird and bad. <laughs> We're talking Zazzle quality. Yeah. Now, why is this important? Well, it means things that were produced by Lisa Frank Co. are extra collectible. And there's even one extremely easy way to determine that is if it doesn't have another brand printed on it, it's from the Lisa Frank Company. I've never been more excited to be able to determine something at a glance. I mean, there's also the fact that the current stuff being produced is decidedly modern. Uh, I know Blendjet has a blender, and I think it's safe to say that, like, you're not looking at a blender from the 1980s. No. And I think there'd have to be something very wrong with you to try to resell the Pillsbury Unicorn cookies. Um, But yeah, it creates a huge demand for the original items. 
especially Trapper Keepers, Backpacks, Lunchboxes, and this got me super excited, Beanie Babies. Wait, what? Lisa Frank had an official collaboration with Beanie Babies. No. Yes, they're fucking cute, and each one is about $200 on the resale market. The only Beanie Babies that have held value. I can't stress enough that these are the Beanie Babies that are worth money. I found them. You're welcome. (laughs) Of course, as with anything, the rarer the better, and this is fun to look into because I think you'll be surprised at the range of things that were produced for Lisa Frank that you would not have guessed. Case in point, the Casey the Yellow Dog cookie jar is not an object that I would have associated with Lisa Frank at first glance. Because it's just a cookie jar. Is it shaped like the Golden Retriever? Or does it merely have a picture of the Golden Retriever puppy printed on it? It's shaped like the Golden Retriever. That's a lot. (laughs) Kitschy cookie jars are something where you'll see a lot shaped like little animals. But this is a Lisa Frank animal. But it's not that bright, the cookie jar itself. But it has her signature, no? Well, yeah, on the bottom. I'm just saying, if you saw it in Savers, I think there's actually a chance you'd pass it over. Until now. You're welcome, listeners. Till now. And now you know to be on the lookout, because it does just look like a yellow lab, and the color isn't, like, the sort of vibrant Lisa Frank color you'd come to expect. But this ding-dang thing sells for, like, $400, (laughs) y'all. So keep a weather eye on the horizon. Because they just didn't make a lot of them. Like... The other like super crazy thing that I did not expect because I don't like them, so I just sort of assumed no one else did. The plastic backpacks, especially the ones with the aliens and smiley faces. Okay, so you also hated it when she started drawing aliens, right? Aliens and humans made me angry, yeah. She has a wonderful gift for animals, adorable animals she can do any day of the week. When it starts approaching humanoid proportions, that is where her skill as an artist falls flat. Yeah. Because the weird anime girls she started pumping out towards the early 2000s were not good to look at with your human eyes. It was it was not awesome. But yeah, so the plastic backpacks in general, but like, yeah, people love the aliens, which I guess that follows. They are extremely Y2K, I'll give them that. Although the evergreen is anything featuring her animals, of course, of course, of course. One of the most sought-after plastic backpacks is actually the Sandcastle Puppy Bag, which features Casey the Yellow Dog. Any of her adorable animals, because generally speaking, what drives the value of these is not necessarily rarity, except in extreme cases like the cookie jar, but the nostalgia. And you know what every kid wanted? Every kid wanted the Rainbow Leopard. Honestly, I would go with Marky the Unicorn every time. That little bastard just spoke to me. I love Marky the Unicorn so fucking much. I would even go with uh, Cloud Chaser the Horse. Cloud Chaser the Horse is hilarious because I cannot stress enough how much that thing is just a horse. <laughs> it's just a regular horse, but like, I, this, when I look at that horse, horse, when I look at that horse, I'm home, you know? <laughs> And of course, since they were produced in smaller numbers by virtue of time moving forward, anything that was originally hand-painted by her in a design is super, super valuable. It takes a lot to shock me, right? Uh I was actually shocked. There is a single sticker that sells for $30. I believe it. You know what happens to stickers? They get stuck on things. They get used up. Very few survive. A single sticker. Intact? Yeah. It is of what would probably become Marky the Unicorn later, attached to a huge pile of balloons upon which are lounging a variety of cute animals. Damn. It's a jumbo sticker, and it is worth 30 goddamn fucking Again, I believe it. You believe it? This is like the weirdest thing for me to like 
for me to deal with, like, emotionally. I cannot stress enough that the purpose of a sticker is to be used and then discarded. Like, few of these things have survived. I almost feel like I don't want to say this because I, like, I have a problem with hoarding stickers and I don't want to, like, I don't want to tell people to do that. Uh-huh. Like, use your stickers. Make them bring you joy. Make them do it. <laughs> But what a fucking flex it would have been to, like, just have enough original Lisa Frank stickers to cover your entire goddamn laptop today. They actually did a collaboration with some sticker makers, and I do have a couple of packets of the new ones. Nice. Of course, this includes some reprehensible newer designs, but it's worth it to have Marky the Unicorn up in my biz. Always. Other extremely high-value items. A Marky the Unicorn towel. I didn't know that there were, like, beach towels. Oh, yeah. Any, like, luggage or, like, handbag? And of course, anything with Hunter the Leopard on it, like I said. God, they really go fucking nuts for that little guy. I think he's even more iconic than the bear. Wow, that's a bold stance. I think Hunter the Leopard is the most iconic Lisa Frank character. More iconic than Painting Panda and Hollywood Bear combined? Yes. Hollywood Bear being a brown bear in a suit and top hat and sunglasses. (laughs) And a cane. That he wields jauntily. I think if I had all three of them in a room, I could snipe the bears from 30 yards and no one would even notice. Damn. I don't know why I put it like that. Lisa Frank just gets you all fired up, huh? He's fucking really passionate about the leopard, I guess. Just, there's so many fucking designs. I did not know about Cleocatra, which you might guess is an Egyptian-themed anthropomorphic cat, which was apparently produced in such limited quantities that literally everything featuring her sells for about $300. Fuck. And you know the best part of all of this is if you're out hunting this stuff in the wild is you can't fucking miss it. It's very bright. (laughs) It's so bright. It's iconically bright. Difficult not to see. It's so hard not to see it. I mean, I have the advantage of having my uh, nostalgia goggles on all the time, so maybe I spot it faster. But if you acquaint yourself with it for five minutes, I guarantee you're primed to go find some at your charity shop or whatever. Again, absurdly eye-catching. <laughs> Colors so bright and so brilliant, they're copyrightable. You know, I try not to go too early when it comes to like my vintage and collectibles, but I will always have a special room in my heart for Lisa Frank, and hunting for it is just fucking fun. And if you find something that you believe to be a genuine vintage Lisa Frank piece, which like I said, odds are if it doesn't have another logo slapped on it, it is. Condition is not super crazy important unless it's completely trashed, because people will want it just for the nostalgia. You got a damaged Trapper Keeper, it's okay, someone's gonna keep their notes in that. Do you have a fragment of a complete stationary set? People will want those spare envelopes. They really will. Do you have a single sticker with a unicorn tied to balloons? $30 in your hand tonight. (laughs) It's just such a delightful place to be in. It's a wonderful headspace. I love it. I love it so much. It's fun. It's easy. It's breezy. It's beautiful. It's Lisa Frank. Wonderful. You can actually roughly date the pieces by the logo on them, turns out. Yeah. The earlier stuff from like late 80s, 90s has the Lisa Frank that looks like a kiss cut sticker with just her name. And then the uh, the late 90s to the early 2000s stuff has that like bubble logo with her name like inside the bubble. Well, I hope this inspires people to go out there and, and recapture some of their 90s dreams. Sources for today include hopshopamerica.com, bust.com, vintage Lisa Frank dolphins and rainbows and unicorns, oh my, jezebel.com, inside the rainbow gulag, worthpoint.com, the world of Lisa Frank, 
And of course, Wikipedia. Blessed Wikipedia. Donate, won't you? Thank you. Please do. If you have an episode topic suggestion or just want to say hello, you can email us directly at TXWeeksPodcast at gmail.com. You can post our Facebook group at friends. You can tag us on Tumblr at TXWeeks.tumblr.com. Or you can check out our Instagram at Instagram.com slash AntiquesWeeks. If you liked thinking about how colorful a dolphin really can be in your imagination, feel free to scroll on wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review. Five stars. I love Lisa Frank. You guys didn't make it, but you said it, and I love it. I hope someone leaves that exact review. <laughs> and if you'd like to acquire some vintage and antique goods of your own, you can check out Burger Time Baby on eBay. <laughs> I will be changing it shortly. And soon, Etsy.com slash shop slash Antiques Freaks. If they would stop canceling my card. <laughs> And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we are reading and reviewing a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye.